Hello everyone and welcome back to Team Sobot's Talk Science. Social Cognition in the Age of Human-Robot Interaction by Anna Henschel, Ruth Hortensius and Emily S. Cross Published on the 30th of April 2020 in Trends in Neurosciences Artificial intelligence advances have led to robots endowed with increasingly sophisticated social abilities. These machines speak to our innate desire to perceive social cues in the environment as well as the promise of robots enhancing our daily lives. However, a strong mismatch still exists between our expectations and the reality of social robots. We argue that careful delineation of the neurocognitive mechanisms supporting human-robot interaction will enable us to gather insights critical for optimizing social encounters between humans and robots. To achieve this, the field must incorporate human neuroscience tools, including mobile neuroimaging, to explore long-term embodied human-robot interaction in C2. New analytical neuroimaging approaches will enable characterization of social cognition representations on a finer scale, using sensitive and appropriate categorical comparisons, like human, animal, tool or object. The future of social robotics is undeniably exciting, and insights from human neuroscience research will bring us closer to interacting and collaborating with socially sophisticated robots. Human neuroscience as the icebreaker in a social robotics winter. Human-robot interaction is a young field currently in a phase of unrest. Since the development of Kismet in the MIT Media Labs in the late 1990s, one of the first social robots. Significant progress has been made towards engineering robots capable of engaging humans on a social level. Robots that respond to and trigger human emotions not only enable closer human-machine collaboration, but can also spur human users to develop long-term social bonds with these agents. While progress in developing increasingly innovative and socially capable robots has advanced considerably over the past decade or so, some have suggested that the field is approaching a social robotics winter. Referencing the period of disillusionment following escalating hype surrounding artificial intelligence, the still limited social repertoire of even the most advanced embodied robots calls into question the proclaimed rise of the social robots. With robots failing to deliver on expectations, social interaction has been named one of the 10 grand challenges the field of robotics is now facing. To facilitate progress towards this endeavor, the rich literature of cognitive neuroscience offers vital insights into human social behavior, not only on a surface level, but also relating to underlying functional and biological mechanisms. Both human-robot interaction researchers and neuroscientists working with robots converge in their interest in facilitating smooth and successful social encounters between robots and humans. This joint effort should ultimately enable society at large to take advantage of the often heralded potential of robots to provide economical care, company and coaching. 
In this opinion article, we argue that studying the human brain when we perceive and interact with robots will provide insights for a clearer and deeper understanding of the human side of human-robot interaction, and will thus set the stage for a social robotic spring. Our focus on the human side of these interactions, including consideration of the constraints of social cognition, serves to highlight what recent advances in human neuroscience, in terms of method and theory, can contribute to fluent human-robot encounters. The focus of the majority of past studies has been the passive perception of other agents. While this work provides a first step towards characterizing social interactions, a focus on perception alone neglects the rich, complex and dynamic nature of behaviors that unfold during social exchanges in the real world. How can social neuroscience further our understanding of not only perception, but also of dynamic relationships with robots? These insights could help explain how people view and treat these artificial agents in relation to humans, pets and other animals, tools and objects. Moreover, answers to these questions will help us to understand and support resulting societal changes in the domain of care, education, ethics and law. In reflecting on the neurocognitive machinery that supports human-robot interactions, we suggest that focusing on representations of social cognition and how these change during actual and sustained interactions with physically present robots will be important. Moreover, we argue that minimally invasive mobile neuroimaging techniques offer exceptional promise for deepening our understanding of the human side of human-robot interaction. These methods will acceler accelerate human-robot interaction research by incorporating social dimensions into our exchanges with these machines, thus generating crucial insights helpful in meeting the grand challenge of creating truly social robots. After all, roboticists, neuroscientists and robots will all benefit from an improved understanding of human social cognition in the age of robots. The origins of imaging the human brain during interactions with robots Human fascination with creating a mechanical self dates back to antiquity, with writers in ancient Greece and ancient China conjuring human-like automata to serve as workers and servants. In the past century, the type of automaton that has most captured the human imagination and research and development investment is robots, with some contemporary models edging closer to the fictionalized ideals that first appeared centuries ago. Concurrent with advances in robotics technology has been the advent and rapid development of human brain imaging technology. This technology has been vital in developing our understanding of the neurocognitive mechanisms that support social behavior among humans. More recently, the fields of human-robot interaction and neuroscience have begun to intersect, providing new vistas on social cognition during interactions with social robots with seminal studies investigating motor resonance, action observation, joint attention and empathy felt towards robots. These studies showcase the diversity of brain imaging modalities involved and the technical advances evident from early human-robot interaction research and provide a starting point for neurocognitive perspectives on these interactions. One initial study in this domain probed the flexibility of the action observation network and reported that the parts of the parietal, premotor and middle temporal cortices ascribed to this network responded both to watching humans grasp and manipulate objects, as well as an industrial robot arm perform these same action, actions. These findings were corroborated by an electroencephalogram 
encephalography study showing mu suppression over sensory and action observation regions for both robotic and human agents. Insights into motor resonance for robotic actions were further replicated and extended when researchers reported a series of two functional magnetic resonance imaging experiments that found the action observation network to be, in fact, more strongly engaged during observation of unfamiliar robot-like motion, regardless whether a human or robotic agent performed the movement. These and other initially surprising findings have been attributed to greater modulation of the action observation network following greater prediction errors due to the unfamiliarity of robotic motion. While observing robotic movements engages action-related brain areas, questions remain regarding the extent to which human observers also ascribe emotions and intentions to lifeless machines. Past brain imaging studies reveal that humans do indeed show engagement of the person perception network when observing emotional expressions as expressed by robots and interactions between robots and other humans. The circumstances under which similar brain responses linked to empathy might emerge when observing humans and robots in simulated pain or when attempting to decipher the intentions of robots remain an active field of inquiry. An fMRI experiment using the gaze cueing paradigm showed behavioral and brain responses linked to mentalizing, such as enhanced activation of bilateral anterior temporal parietal junction, only when people believed that another person controlled the robot. State-of-the-art human neuroscience approaches to human-robot interaction. Major strides have been made in applying advances in human neuroimaging technology to studying human-robot interactions in contexts that approximate more naturalistic social interactions. These studies further illuminate not only the flexibility and limits of human social cognition when perceiving and interacting with robots, but also some of the challenges and opportunities that roboticists face and will continue to face as they develop increasingly social robots. Work in this domain highlights the importance of not only stimulus cues to socialness, so for example, does the agent look and move like a human or a machine, but also and arguably even more importantly, how perceivers' prior beliefs or expectations shape brain responses and behavior. Neuroscientists are now also taking advantage of increasingly sophisticated and multivariate analytical approaches to more sensitively probe how the human brain represents robots compared to people. Box 1. Delineating the neural mechanisms of human-robot interaction. How can we examine the functional and temporal changes in neural representations of social cognition during human-robot interaction? Neuroimaging techniques such as EEG and fMRI provide detailed temporal and spatial information on these changes. Traditionally, researchers have looked at relative differences in measures of neural activity during the perception of human and robotic agents. Most research used univariate analyses, thereby focusing on distinct networks in the brain, such as the action observation network, the person perception network, and theory of mind network. This approach allows researchers to answer questions such as whether brain activation when observing a happy robot is higher or lower compared with observing a happy human. 
In recent years, however, the development and employment of increasingly more detailed analyses, ranging from repetition suppression to representational simil similarity analysis to multivoxel pattern analysis, provide further and new ways to address questions regarding the overlap of neural architectures for social engagement with humans compared with robots. Repetition suppression enables mapping of potential overlap between similar or dissimilar categories, as repeated stimuli lead to deactivation of re regions responsive to these stimuli. For example, does a happy robot followed by a happy human, or vice versa, lead to reduced neural activity in a particular region of interest? The presence of repetition suppression would argue for shared neural resources underlying the processing of perceived robotic and human happiness. The critical next step is to capture the changes in the representation of social cognition during perception and interaction with social robots is the use of multivariate analyses. Representational similarity analyses can establish the similarity in neural activation during the observation of a happy or angry human and a happy or angry appearing robot. This approach can test if neural activation represents a particular stimulus dimension. For example, does activity reflect a representation at the level of agent, activity for robots is dissimilar to humans regardless of expression, or emotion, activity is dissimilar between happy and angry expressions, but similar across humans or robots. Lastly, a promising way to probe the extent to which perceiving and interacting with humans and robots truly share representations at the neural level is to use multivoxel pattern analyses. Instead of measuring magnitude changes, this technique accesses patterns of neural activity that are predictive of specific task conditions, that is, the rep representation of different emotions. One way to test possible shared representations is to train a classifier to distinguish the observation of a robot displaying happiness from a robot displaying anger, and to test this classifier to distinguish a human experiencing happiness from experiencing anger. If the human brain represents perceived human and robot emotions similarly, then the decision criteria of the classifier can be used to distinguish these two different categories. Together, these analytical tools provide new vistas on so human social cognition during real and long-term interactions with social robots and the representation thereof. Recent work has applied representational similarity analyses to fMRI data collected when participants viewed three agents, a human, an android, and a mechanical-looking robot, performing different actions. Results revealed that different nodes of the action observation network represent distinct aspects of these actions, and these representations appear to be hierarchically arranged. Specifically, occipitotemporal regions coded for low-level action features, such as form and motion integration, while parietal regions coded more abstract and semantic content, such as the action category and intention. These findings corroborate related work that examined effective connectivity between these two nodes when participants viewed ver actions of ver varying familiarity. Additional work highlights important aspects of the human brain of how the human brain computes and evaluates anthropomorphism. One study has attempted to evaluate the uncanny valley hypothesis using an elegant combination of modeling behavioral ratings and functional connectivity data. 
The authors reported a response profile within the ventromedial prefrontal cortex that closely reflected the hypothesized nonlinear uncanny valley shape when viewing images of robots and humans rated more or less unsettling. Further modeling demonstrated that a distinct signal originating in the amygdala predicted when participants would reject artificial agents. This finding ties in with another recent study that examined anthropomorphizing behavior among a small group of individuals with rare basolateral amygdala lesions. These individuals were able to anthropomorphize animate and living entities similarly to neurologically intact individuals, but anthropomorphized inanimate stimuli, such as a robot, less than controls. The authors suggest that the limbic system plays a key role in processing signals originating from artificial agents in a social versus non-social manner. However, mere observations of robots in one-off laboratory studies can only tell us so much about human-robot interactions. Two recent fMRI studies highlight further innovations in bringing together neuroscience, robots, and real-world interactions to advance the fields of social cognitions and social robotics collectively. The first study paves the way for future social neuroscience research to incorporate unrestricted social interactions with autonomous agents while simultaneously measuring brain responses. The authors describe a framework that allows participants to interact with a conversational agent, a furhead robot, or a human partner while a multimodal dataset is collected, including behavior, so for example speech and eye gaze, and physiology, like respiration and neural activity. Initial results show less engagement of specific brain regions playing a role in everyday social cognition, such as the temporoparietal junction and medial prefrontal cortex, during live human-robot interaction compared with human-human interaction. Another study examined the extent to which a prolonged period of time spending socializing with Cosmo, a palm-sized playful robot, shapes empathic responses to seeing that same robot in pain. These authors employed pre- and post-socialization intervention fMRI sessions and measured repetition suppression within the pain matrix to determine whether a week of daily interactions with Cosmo would shift participants' empathy towards the robot to look more em- to look more like empathy for another person based on neural activity as well as behavioral responses. While this study did not find compelling evidence that a week of socializing with this particular robot discernibly shifted empathic responses to look more human-like, this work nonetheless sets the stage for studying the impact of longer-term interactions with robots on social neurocognitive processes. This area of work is crucial if robots will indeed be taking on sustained social roles and close proximity to humans in our daily lives, and should inform robotics developers on ways to maximize social engagement, not just for an hour or during an an initial encounter, but over the long term. Together, the findings currently emerging from neuroscientific investigations into human-robot interactions highlight how robots are useful tools for probing core features like actions, emotions, and intentions, as well as the flexibility of social cognitive processing in the human brain. While significant progress has been made, efforts to capture and characterize brain responses during live, ongoing interactions with robots remain in the very early stages, 
As mentioned later, this is likely to be one of the most fruitful areas for further exploration and development. However, before moving forward with real social interactions, clarification is required regarding the engagement of social cognitive brain regions. How should we probe the neurocognitive reality of human-robot interaction? Neural responses, as measured during using fMRI and EEG when perceiving or interacting with robots, differ vastly across different brain networks. Generally, activity within the person perception network is not reduced when people observe social robots and other artificial agents compared with people, while activity within the theory of mind network is reduced. Going beyond differences in neural activation magnitude, future research is in this area will be propelled by mapping the neural representation of social cognition when we engage with robots and characterizing how these representations change over time. Many studies examining how humans perceive and interact with robots have focused on the theory of mind network and the person perception network. These two networks underlie everyday social cognition and are a suitable starting point to investigate the engagement of social cognitive brain regions when encountering robots. Yet, emerging evidence suggests that other brain regions, including the inferior parietal lobule, play a key role when we engage with social robots. Increased activity in object-selective brain regions has consistently been reported across studies using different robotic agents. It is therefore critical to capture changes beyond the standard person perception and theory of mind networks to provide an unbiased account of human-robot interaction while simultaneously acknowledging the possibility that robots are perceived as objects after all, at least in some respect or in certain circumstances. Researchers have almost exclusively tested whether robots elicit human-like responses. So, for example, do we perceive and react to emotions expressed by a robot similarly to those expressed by a human? Focusing on direct comparisons between robots and humans does not acknowledge the possibility that robots could elicit sub- or supra-threshold brain responses in relation to a particular object category. Increased activity in response to human stimuli could therefore be the result of a narrow, univariate comparison between the two agent categories. A central question in human-robot interaction studies should be what the appropriate comparison categories are for different types of robots. Of course, these could range from humans to objects to animals, and the best answer will naturally depend on the specific research question being tested. To establish the place robots might occupy in our social milieu, we need to measure the dissimilarity to animate agents, like humans or pets, as well as objects, like for example a phone. Answers to these questions will not only advance our understanding of how people perceive robots and the development of psychological benchmarks for the success of social robots, but also touch upon philosophy, cognitive science and law, which have important implications for society at large. So, for example, morality and ethics. Towards understanding real interactions with social robots. Screen-based experiments, third-person observation, and one-off or short-term interactions with robots already provide crucial insights on the social cognitive processes that underlie engagement with these novel agents. For the field to move forward, future studies should investigate real and long-term interactions with embodied robots in ecolo ecologically valid settings. 
These studies will provide much needed evidence as to how the human brain negotiates interactions with these agents in the real world. Interactions in social spaces that go beyond the laboratory and are relevant to the robotic platform and the user, like for example schools, care facilities and hospitals, will be particularly important. The field of social robotics has a long tradition of usability and user experience studies, and these investigations will benefit from the sharpened focus on rigor and reproducibility that contemporary psychology and neuroscience bring to the table. Box 2. Integrating open science practices into human-robot interaction studies. The movement towards open science practices and an increased focus on the reproducibility of research findings is gaining momentum across research domains in the life and physical sciences, including psychology and human, neuro human neuroscience. Similarly, these issues are acknowledged in artificial intelligence research and have recently been further reflected upon by robotics researchers. Issues of transparency and reproducibility are especially important for investigations of the neurocognitive mechanisms supporting human-robot interaction. Integrating methods and tools from psychology and neuroscience, researchers not only face reproducibility issues key to these fields, like for example the reliability of fMRI findings, and researchers' degrees of freedom in pre-processing pipeline, pipelines of fNERs and fMRI data, but also issues specific to the field of social robotics, like cross-platform generalizability and access to expensive and bespoke robotic platforms. Encouragingly, experimental reform is being implemented in the human-robot interaction community, with the 2020 ACM and IEEE International Conference on Human-Robot Interaction being the first to invite replication studies for submission. In recent years, psychologists and neuroscientists are more broadly embracing open science practices, which will help to remedy many of the above-mentioned issues. Concrete actions along these lines include taking steps like pre-registering studies, conducting replication studies, sharing research materials and anonymized data, as well as posting preprint articles. This scientific reform can especially benefit human-robot interaction research, as studies are often resource and time intensive and include relatively small samples of subjects. Sharing data and scripts will enable the wider community to conduct secondary and meta-analyses and exploratory tests on published data. Sharing of research resources and products should also contribute to a more inclusive community, giving, for example, access to data from bespoke robotic platforms. Finally, a movement toward greater openness and transparency should facilitate more exchange between disciplines, as well as a more robust human-robot interaction literature, by creating an eco ecosystem conducive of cross-platform replication. One question the field needs to address is the cross-platform generalizability of previous findings. Developmental social robotics already successfully implements artificial art architectures to test cross-platform generalizability and future research should further incorporate these, this practice to replicate and extend previous findings. Moving forward, the implementation of open science practices can help facilitate more reproducible and thus reliable user studies, and can foster a common ground in terms of methodology between human-robot interaction researchers and cognitive neuroscientists. The field of social neuroscience, in general, still needs to answer the call for taking into account the importance of the second person in an interaction. 
This challenge is especially relevant for the study of our interactions with social robots. Paradigms employing free flow interactions wherein a recursive perception action loop exists between two or more agents are needed. Fortunately, several studies have begun to look at the impact of exposure to or interactions with robots, which cover a wider variety of robot design and morphology. This work is starting to explore neurocognitive aspects of human-robot interactions by integrating information derived from behavior, like speech and eye gaze, and physiology, like respiration and neural activity. One of the next steps towards measuring truly unrestricted social interactions is through the use of mobile functional near-infrared spectroscopy, as highlighted later. Combining these state-of-the-art neuroscience methods with new developments in natural language processing should enable researchers to step away from Wizard of Oz methods and provide new ways to examine the social nature of human-robot interactions. Human-robot interactions are shaped by prior experiences, expectations and beliefs that are continuously updated. It is therefore critical to go beyond contrasting pre- versus post-interaction measures and incorporate longitudinal experimental designs to address questions on experience-dependent plasticity of human social cognition when interacting with social robots. Of note, several commercially available robots allow researchers to collect large datasets per experimental subject over long periods of time, somewhat akin to the experience sampling method an intensive longitudinal collection of self-report me measures. For example, the Cosmo robot collects a rich set of data spanning facial recognition, game performance, and emotional responses performed by the robot. Of course, these procedures must consider privacy, data protection, and other ethical issues, but nonetheless offer promise if employed responsibly. A consideration to keep in mind in the context of social cognition when interacting with robots is the target population that the robots are designed for and the purpose of these interactions. Whereas two key target populations for social robotics are children and older adults, participant samples in neuroscience and psychology predominantly, predominantly comprise young adults and are often biased towards specific sectors of society, like educated and relatively high socioeconomic status. Further, cultural variation exists in the acceptance and uptake of robots, and this cultural heterogeneity is not fully represented in basic research, which tends to be conducted in industrialized countries, often in Western ones. As research on human-robot interaction gradually moves towards broader geographical and societal representation, it is important to consider differences in expectations, attitudes and beliefs, as well as in prior experiences with robots. This variation needs to be considered in the forms of individual differences, like in learning and plasticity, as well as differences between age groups and cultures. For example, one needs to take into consideration that countries such as Japan and South Korea have a longer tradition of research and development in this area than most Western countries. Similar to an individualized approach that many technology companies adopt, like social media and streaming services, for which cognitive neuroscience has also advocated. The time is ripe for research into human-robot interaction to adopt methods that are sensitive to and capitalize upon individual differences. Considering how quickly people adopt and can adapt to new technologies, 
as well as the impact of potential generational differences on attitudes towards such technologies, and the continuous development of new social robotics platforms, it is imperative to keep in mind what a fast-moving and continuously evolving target human-robot interaction is. In order for research in this dynamic area to maximize relevance and generalizability, specialized methods that enable researchers to map this variation are required. Combining real and extended interactions with continuous data collection, neuroscience methods and machine learning could thus be a step towards personalized human-robot interaction. The promises and pitfalls of using mobile brain imaging in embodied human-robot interaction studies. New developments in mobile neuroimaging techniques provide the necessary testing ground for how robots might resonate at the social level. One promising technique for studying human-robot interactions is functional near-infrared spectroscopy. This technique has been advancing steadily since a connection between human brain function and corresponding light absorption was originally established. This imaging modality, like fMRI, maps the blood oxygen level dependent response, taking advantage of the transparency of biological tissue, such as skin and bone, in the near-infrared spectrum. Light shown on the head with laser diodes or LEDs travel through the skull, scatters back in a banana-shaped curve and is eventually picked up by a detector located at approximately 3 cm separation. The constraints of FNIRS relate to its relatively shallow penetration depth, reaching the outer layers of the cerebral cortex in relatively low spatial and temporal resolution, um, 2 to 3 cm and up to 10 Hz, respectively. It has a lower spatial resolution than fMRI and a slower temporal resolution than EEG, yet brings the advantages of being cost-effective, portable, and relatively robust to movement artifacts. These advantages allow for mobile and unobtrusive neuroimaging, thus presenting FNIRS as an optimal candidate for conducting embodied human-robot experiments, especially with underrepresented groups such as young children, patients, and older adults that often cannot participate in more constraining types of data collection. Researchers in human-robot interaction have embraced FNIRS as a tool to construct feedback loops to control robotic movement or behavior, and as an implicit response evaluation to various robotic systems. Various high-quality commercial imaging systems that allow high-density channel and hyperscanning setups, with great potential for research on diets or groups interacting with a robot, are now available, and a recent proof-of-concept study shows the possibility of using FNIRS for connectivity analyses. The transition from laboratory-constrained experiments that employ screen-based evaluations of social robots to the measurement of unrestricted real-world interactions with physically embodied robots using FNIRS should be a gradual progress, uh, process, adding complexity in a stepwise fashion. For example, in recent years, the brain networks involved in observing social interactions have been mapped in detail. Two regions, the posterior superior temporal sulcus and the temporal parietal junction, code different aspects of observed interactions. A logical next question is the extent to which the presence and content of interactions with robots is also coded in these regions in third-person encounters. Following on, insights gained from these experiments will pave the way for an embodied research approach where brain activity can be measured during real interactions with humans and robots in unconstrained interactions. In a recent study, for instance, the authors used a general linear model 
based analysis to automatically identify functional events in FNIRS data and employed a brain-first approach, where instead of being constrained by block or event-related design, a more ecologically valid setting can be chosen. One can envision applying similar methodologies in the context of human-robot interaction experiments. When using FNIRS in embodied interaction experiments with social robots, several decisions need to be taken. One, will the device be used to control the robot or inform the evaluation of the robot? Two, how long and natural or unconstrained can the interaction be and still yield reliable and interpretable data? Most FNIR systems, while lightweight and portable in a fitted backpack, cannot be worn for longer than about 45 minutes due to the pressure of the optodes on participants' scalps. When performing games or tasks that involve joint movement, another important limitation to keep in mind is that most commercially available social robots are not capable of repeating the same motions for hours on end, as motors can overheat and batteries run out. However, despite these constraints, using EFNERS in embodied social robotic studies promises to take us one step closer to following the tenants of a two-person neuroscience. Only by freeing the robots from the screen can we begin to understand how embodied interactions affect cognitive processes in socially relevant areas of the cortex, including the superior temporal sulcus, temporal parietal cortex, and frontal cortex. Concluding remarks. Neuroscience-informed human-robot interaction is making important advances in changing the landscape of social robotics, while concurrently deepening our understanding of the human brain. Beyond perceiving robots in screen-based experiments, recent insights have shown that more sophisticated analysis methods and the trend of gathering data during real-time embodied interactions with robots can deepen our knowledge of core mechanisms supporting social cognition. An added and natural benefit of this basic human neuroscience research is that it also stands to inform the development and design of next-generation social robots, the same robots that may eventually become social companions that provide support and care. That being said, just over a decade of neuroscientific contributions to human-robot interactions have shown that major questions still remain. For instance, how does the sophisticated neural machinery of the human brain support our interactions with these novel mechanical companions? How does the representation of social cognition change over time as robots become more deeply integrated into our social life? Insights from future studies combining human neuroscience and social robotics will prepare us for a future living with autonomous robots that resonate with us at the social level. <laughs>